The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our city. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like this show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. If you'd like to make your own podcast, we can help you do that at the Boston Podcast Network. We have studios in Westwood, Mass., and we do a lot of work remotely. Go to pod617.com for that. And I also want to thank our sponsor, the all-inclusive podcast featuring Jay Ruderman. Great show. Lots of celebrities he he. Interviews on that show, a lot of a lot of great storytelling. Find that pod wherever you find your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, the all-inclusive podcast. But come on, let's get to the meat and potatoes of the show. Dave, quit your yammering. We're going to talk uh, movies today because I have a filmmaker on the line, which is exciting for me because I watch way too many movies. He is an experimental filmmaker and the creator of a film called The Chronic Adventure Story, which this is going to blow your mind if you're a movie fan. It, it's not just a movie. That's a teaser. His name's Eric Bergquist, and he's here with us in the virtual studio. Welcome, Eric. How hey, are David. you? Good to be with you. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Was yes, yes, Bergquist. Eric Bergquist. Okay, good. Eric Bergquist. Yeah. yeah. No, the Eric part, very, I, was, uh, I was pretty confident yeah, on the Eric part, yeah. Yeah, it's a very uh, Swedish last name, Bergquist. Is it is it is it Swedish? Is that where your ancestors are from? Yeah, well, so my my family background is a bit of a mix. So it's a mix of Swedish, German, Irish, Italian, everything you can think of. German, Irish, just like Robert Duvall in The Godfather. It's all got to come yep. back. It's all got to come back to movies. So the Chronic Adventure Story is your project that I've sort of delved into a little bit here and found it very interesting. And we're going to get to that. But I guess tell us a, a little, I mean, you're a young man, far younger than the, you know, the decrepit soul you see in front of you on the Zoom call. But but you've you've met a lot of icons of, of filmmaking. You've traveled to 28 different countries. Tell us sort of how you got started in the, the beginnings of your origin story into into making movies. Yeah, yeah. So I won't go too far into it because it's a very long story. But essentially, I mean, I started back in high school. So I was part of this organization called SEMPTY where I would actually host different groups of students throughout LA and we'd meet people at these different these different um, conferences related to film production. And so I continued that through college. And even we, at one conference we had, George Lucas was in attendance. Mm. At another one, we had James Cameron. And that was extraordinary because I actually got to meet and interact with James Cameron in person. One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed that listening to some of his blustery Oscar acceptance speeches, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> he has Yeah, made- well, I think my experience, so I've been on sets with different people with different egos, and mm-hmm. it's a different experience when you're on set versus when you're at a social gathering. So I imagine he's, he's a very different person when you're working on set and he's focused. I'm sort of the same way. Like, if I'm on set and I want things to be done a certain way, like, I'm going to be an entirely different person. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so I did that for a while. That was a very extraordinary experience. And so I actually went to school for film, 
while also minoring in neuroscience. Mm. So I always had like a passion for both film and science. And so I wanted to find a way to combine both of them. And between going to school, I actually worked for this company called Gordon Research Conferences. And essentially what they would do is they would send me around to different venues where I would host these different science groups. And we're talking quantum science, we're talking human genome sequencing, we're talking bioengineering. And I would be present in the room for all these conversations. So I would get to interact with Nobel laureates. I got to meet people from NASA. I got to work with all these people. So I got to observe all this different science from all these different fields, which was extraordinary for me. And so right after college, we're talking literally two weeks after graduation, I was sent out to Spain. I was in Barcelona, Spain, working on a five-star resort, all expenses paid, managing all these different science groups. Um, I would continue doing the same thing for a few years. So I was sent to all these different locations. I went to Italy. I went to Switzerland. I even went to China and Korea at one point. So that was just an extraordinary experience. I mean, one, because I just got to experience the culture in these different countries. I got to, you know, I got to see all these different sites. And I also just got to be present for all these great science, these, these conversations that, you know, a lot of it was, some of it was really groundbreaking material that hasn't even been released to the public yet. Mm-hmm. So that was a really great experience. So after that, so I knew that I had this idea festering that I wanted to produce. And so I came back to Boston and I focused more on doing freelance work. So I started working more in film and television, Mm -hmm. um, as well as a mix of commercials. So I've been doing that for a few years. And basically my focus was to get this project out there where I always liked the idea of being able to apply sort of complex ideas such as math and science to film in some way. So you may be familiar with that concept of combinations. Mm-hmm. Sort of like if you think about a combination lock where you can have a certain set number of combinations or even a Rubik's Cube where you can scramble the Rubik's Cube in some different ways. Right. Even you can apply this to, to say if you're arranging guests at a dinner party. You think about how many different ways you can arrange seats around a table, the number of gets exponential. Really what we're actually talking about is permutations, but to keep it simplified, I'll just call it combinations. Mm-hmm. So what a lot of people don't realize is that when you shoot a movie, oftentimes you're not shooting it in order. You're sh- usually shooting, sometimes you'll shoot the very last scene first and the first scene last. So it's always, well, when you're in the editing room, sometimes you discover that there's a better way to, to order the scene. Mm-hmm. And so... What you realize is that by changing the the order of shots and scene, or even the way scenes are arranged in the film, you can actually change the whole entire context of what you're watching. Mm -hmm. And so myself, as a movie person, I always enjoyed movies growing up where you can go back and you can get something new every time you watched it. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to be able to pass on that experience to other people. So essentially... I made an effort to basically put together what will be the world's first ever rearrangeable narrative. And so what this essentially would do, so in statistics, we have what's called the permutation equation. So what it means is that if you plug in a number, say if you have a number of things, so if we go back to our our 
dinner party analogy. Right. Um, if you have five guests at a dinner party and you plug that into this equation, you can figure out how many different arrangements around the table you have. Mm -hmm. So if you apply this to, say, scenes in a film, what I figured out was that precisely if you have about four acts in a film and you write and shoot these in a way that they can be arranged in any order, you can actually get 24 different versions of the same exact film. So um, let me let me stop you for a minute because you got a lot of my wheels turning, which is great. You're saying that the film will be, in in a sense, it's the different the different permutations all contain the, the same ingredients, just in different orders, right? In other words, there's not you when yes. you when you you will have seen the same content, but then if you if you choose a different path, you will see the same content, but in different orders, which will make you view it differently. And, and we know this, that there is, I understand you're saying that this is groundbreaking, but I can think of sort of similar examples. The, the Godfather part two is told a, a story with flashbacks, yep. right? And so you may view Vito Corleone's character differently based on, a flashback that you saw, even though you already have an opinion of him in the present day, then you see something out of order. And in fact, you know, when they put together the, the Godfather compilation DVD, there's a version of it where it's all in order, which you could argue is a different movie from the way it was originally intended by using the, the flashbacks to kind of fill you in. Am I, am I close to what you're talking about here? Yeah, that's, that's a similar example. What I'm also talking about is something that's fully autonomous, where essentially my, my vision for this is to bring this to Netflix or Amazon, and when people go on, they'll have all 24 different versions of the film available. At, as Kind of like there's movies or there's shows out there that you can watch, for example, like Black Mirror. Black Mirror is an anthology, and you can it doesn't matter what order you watch it. And so people will be, have the option to pick any one permutation of the same film. Even beyond that, what I'm even envisioning is, is featuring a randomization option where essentially someone may go on and click on it and they might watch an entirely random version of the episode. So while they might have one experience of the film, their friends might have an entirely different experience of it. Right. And so they're both going to have different takes on what they saw. Well, I thought you were going to bring up Bandersnatch, which was one memorable episode of like a special episode of Black Mirror where the viewer actually uses their remote to make decisions. And that's that's a kind of choose your own adventure thing. But that's different from what you're talking about, because have you seen you've seen this? I take it. No? Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. seen Bandersnatch. Yeah. What I want to do is I want to distinguish this from that because they are two very different things, because. Essentially, what Bannersnatch does, I think my, my, my take on Bannersnatch is that it feels a little bit more, not, not to put down Bannersnatch, but it feels a little bit more like a video game than it does your typical yeah. film because you have to pick up the remote and you have to make a choice now. What I want to do is I didn't want to make the viewer have to get up in the middle and suddenly make a decision. I wanted them to be able to watch it beginning to end without any disruption. Right. And so by doing this in this format, they can sit down, they can watch it, they can enjoy it as if as if they were watching this in a normal film. But if they, you know, the nice thing about Amazon and Netflix is that oftentimes they have the automatic play option where it'll just bring you to the next episode. Right. And so people will have the option that they can just keep on watching how 
it changes with the different permutations. So obviously, I don't anticipate people are going to watch every single version, but I do guarantee you, you're going to get a very different experience from one version to the next. Mm. So, yeah, and the thing with Bandersnatch is there were hundreds of different possibilities you end up seeing, but but depending upon what choice you made, you might miss something that somebody else saw. Yours is different in that everyone sees all the content in just different order, I take it, right? Some viewers might be familiar with this, with MC Esker. He's famous for his artwork. He, it's relativity, which is basically a lithograph. And you might remember it's this image with all these different characters walking up and down these stairs. Right. Some are upside down, some are right. on the walls. For sure. Um, so the unique thing with that image is that you can actually rotate it in different orientations and you could, there's no necessarily correct orientation. So coming into my film, it's sort of a similar concept and also similar to if you think of a visual illusions, like you have the, uh, the old woman, young woman illusion. Right, that visual so uh, thing where, puzzle, yeah. So it's a similar thing where it, more so what it's doing is it's playing off of your the actual psyche of a lot of viewers and allowing you to actually perceive something differently. So one example of how you can play this out in a narrative format is that maybe you have a character interacting one along with a friend and maybe say that friend is killed off at some point, but you don't ever see him interact with anyone else. That makes things sort of create theories where perhaps that the friend was never there in the first place, or perhaps the friend was a ghost of his past. So I try to set up all these different possibilities where there's always an answer to, oh, if it's not this, then it's this. Mm -hmm. So that way, there's always something new that viewers can get out of it. So your film is called The The Chronic Adventure Story. And by the way, listeners, if you want more info on this, go to thechronicadventurestory.com. Is this, have you already shot this or is it in production or so it's in production right now right now we're still trying to raise financing for it so if you go to the, the website we actually have a tab in the corner for donate and and right now what i'm doing is i'm actually collaborating with a physical sponsor filmmakers collaborative they're actually a really great resource and so what they do is they provide opportunities for filmmakers to provide tax deductions to anyone who wants to contribute to their film. In addition to that, we're also providing options for people to purchase equity in film. So I want to give those options out there. But right now we're prioritizing trying to raise as much as we can through a donation-based structure. So again, Chronic Adventure Story. And the you've revealed the premise on the website, and it's it's about an author who needs to defend, I guess, his legal rights to a, a novel he has written and I'm reading from your website. Like Sam, viewers too will be prompted to make an original choice as they are presented over 20 different versions of the episode via menu, any and all of which can just as easily decide the fate of our troubled protagonist. So it's 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 kind of it's mind bending, and I and I get it. Have but you've I take it you've already written it though, so you know. Have you? Yes. So did you actually go through? And sort of, I guess, in creating this movie it, or the script, it, it must be a different exercise from your typical script because you want to create sort of different, not different stories, but different experiences based on, you must have had a lot of index cards, throwing them up in different order and, and see how, like, how it came out 
that way. Is yeah, good. yeah. It took um. So most scripts, I usually, if I'm writing your typical streamlined script, I'm gonna write it beginning to end. This, on the other hand, I literally, I just wrote, I wrote in little bits and pieces here and there, and I thought about I need to feature this element because this is gonna give the audience this clue at this point. And so I wrote out basically. Is for me the process was like a stream of consciousness, where I basically had to write it where I knew that certain key scenes were going to have to affect the audience in a certain way. Oftentimes, it was the very beginning and the end of each of these acts in the film, um, and that would cue the audience into to wire their brains in a certain way to say, "Okay, this is the beginning of the film." And so what I'm trying to do there is actually bias individuals to say, no, this is the correct version. And mm. so what this will do is this will stir up conversation and have different people coming at each other saying, no, this is the correct way to watch it. And it would, it would just basically make it a very unique experience. The only thing I could think of that's similar, and, and it's, it's a different animal for sure, but the film, Christopher Nolan's film Memento, are you a fan of that movie? Yes, yeah. yes. It was actually, that was a partial inspiration because um, I've always been a fan of Nolan films. I'm also um, a fan of Fincher films. A lot less people are familiar with Fincher, but he does. He has a very unique aesthetic, and it's, his films are very psychological. So it's kind of a mix between the two directors where I like being able to make people think, but I also like being able to tune into their senses. Kind of like Alfred Hitchcock described what, what he called the Hitchcock machine where his idea was that when he makes a film, he wants to be able to press a button and basically make you feel a certain emotion at the exact moment. And so that's exactly what I want to do, is that using sort of this experimental technique, I still want to be able to make people feel certain emotions, like like when they watch this, they feel like this is exactly what is happening to the characters. And so I want people to feel so, so set in what they've seen and so and have a visceral experience that after watching it, they don't think that there could be any other way that it could exist. And so that's going to create these different, all these different viewpoints and what, what the film is. Yeah. The memento for those who haven't seen it is uh, just a mind bending movie about a guy searching for the, the murderer of his wife. And it's told more, basically it's told a, a series of scenes presented in reverse so you only kind of learn the true origin of how he got into this pickle when you see the final scene which is chronologically the first scene but then there's another narrative kind of interspliced that is that is in normal in present day or present time and i'm not explaining it very well you have to to see it but it's it's it 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 it's it's one of those films that it, it is a different ex- experience the second and third time you see it. And you mentioned David Fincher. For those who haven't seen Fight Club, spoiler alert, there's a, a very big reveal. Maybe it's not a spoiler. Maybe I'm, I'm hiding it. But there's a, there's a very big reveal in the final act of the, the film. And if you go back and watch Fight Club a second time, it's a completely different experience than the first time, right? Because now yep. you know, right? Yeah. Just uh, great stuff. What I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. What you mentioned a couple films. What are your What are your favorite movies? What kind of things have inspired yeah. you? So I mentioned some of my favorite filmmakers. So among my favorites, um, Vertigo is actually one of my favorites. For people who don't know what Vertigo is, it's actually one of Hitchcock's. I think it was Hitchcock's most personal film that he made, and 
not to spoil anything, but it's very, there's a lot of twists and turns where it, it makes you go back and see the film differently. And this, again, this came out, uh, I want to say 1960, so it was way ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. I'm also, I mentioned I'm a big Fincher fan, so I love um, I love some of his older films like Seven, mm-hmm. um, Fight Club, as you mentioned. Even some of his, he's done some TV shows as well. So he's done, he's did Mindhunter, oh, which yeah. was a fantastic show. He did House of Cards. Mm-hmm. That was a really great political drama. Mm-hmm. So I love a lot of Fincher stuff. You mentioned Memento already. Memento is one of my favorites. Yeah. Inception, Interstellar. So a lot of these these very cerebral films are, are sort of on my list. And sort of whenever someone asks me for recommendations, I'm always like I'm always going through between these sort of top three filmmakers. But there's plenty of others who, who I follow. I'm also a big Dennis Villeneuve fan. He did Arrival. Mm-hmm. I'm oh. also a fan of Alex Garland. He did Ex Machina. He also did did a recent TV show, Dev. So a lot of extraordinary stuff. Yeah, you. I thought you were going to mention Arrival because Arrival is another movie that at the very end, you kind of see the thing very differently than the, the beginning of the movie. You really love the uh, the complex stuff. So yeah, no Polly Shore movies on that list, I'm sure. So again, the, the website is the Chronic Adventure Story Dark dot com to learn about Eric's project and support it. I mean, come on, we've got a promising young filmmaker here from Massachusetts. Grew up in on Cape Cod, right, Eric? Yep. Yeah. And so support this young man, listeners. Are you listening? Come on, give till it hurts. It would be a shame if this project didn't come to fruition. But so it, that's that's the plan. I take it for now. It sounds like your hope is to get this thing rolling. Is there a timetable? I guess that's my question. Yes, yes. So I want to be able to to be filming by late fall. So right now, particularly what I'm targeting is I'm going to a lot of special interest groups. So for example, I'm going to a lot of people in the science community. So I'm looking towards people who work in neuroscience mm-hmm. because there's also a memory aspect to this. Where And also, something I haven't mentioned yet is that this is meant to be sort of the start to a series of the same theme. Mm-hmm. So what, what we're talking about here is sort of just the pilot. And essentially, every episode, every new episode is kind of going to act as its own season. And so eventually, I want to explore concepts like Alzheimer's. You know, what it would be like to use this story format to, you know, give the perspective of someone experiencing Alzheimer's. And so there's that real component to it where you can actually have this very genuine experience from viewers. And so this is, there's a lot of potential for, for this. So that's why I'm going towards certain special interest groups like sciences like people working in mathematics as well, people who who spend their careers studying statistics, this is a, a whole nother, something extraordinary that they're going to probably grab up. Mm-hmm. Very good. Before we deploy our up against the clock a little bit here, folks, but before we depart, we will do a quick round of good stuff where both Eric and I will recommend something good that might brighten your day. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in less than a minute, folks. Hang with us. Hi, I'm Jay Ruderman. All Inclusive is a podcast focused on inclusion and social justice. Join me as I interview leaders and experts on the latest news focused on advocacy for social justice. In order to make progress that will lead to a more equitable future, honest discussions must be held. That is what All Inclusive is all about. Listen and subscribe to the All Inclusive Podcast on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, 
and anywhere else podcasts are available. Visit the show website for more information and full episode transcripts at www.allinclusivepodcast.com. And we're back with filmmaker Eric Bergquist. Are you ready for good stuff, my friend? Can I fire up the good stuff machine? Yes. All right. All right. Here we go. That's the good stuff. You know, Eric, most guests dance during the good stuff intro music. And so, but I won't hold it against you. I mean, you've got a lot on your mind. So what do you have for our uh, listeners today that you could recommend, Eric? Yes. So one thing I actually want to plug is um, as part of the production I'm working on, we actually have this youth program we're putting together called Sidekicks in, in Cinema. And so our goal for this is to actually get youth involved in production. As I mentioned about my background, I work, I've been involved with SEMTI, which was a huge um, stepping stone for me to get involved with film. And so I want to provide that opportunity to, to young people as well. And so this will be an opportunity where people will be able to, to tune into a live stream of when we're working on set and be able to see how the filmmaking process goes. We're even collaborating with North Andover Cam, which is a local studio where we're looking to host sessions where we can give lessons to a lot of young filmmakers. So I also want to give a plug to them. Sure. And how do people find out more info? So they can find out more info through the website. We're, uh, we're currently adding more to the website at the moment, but we have that on the website. And then also all my contact info is on there. So you have the, um, the Carnegie Adventure Story at gmail.com. And so we're also providing materials that people can read, have a business plan people can read. We also just have a lot of basic um, pamphlets and info that people can 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 find if they want to learn more information. Right. So go to the chronicadventurestory.com and look for, I'm sorry, say it again, sidekicks for cinema. Is that it? Yes. Yes. So okay. like I said, we're, we're currently updating the website, but uh, we'll have more of that information on there soon. Cool. Very cool. Well, I will recommend a TV show that I just started that is still kind of in progress on HBO Max. Eric, I don't suppose you've seen a show called The White Lotus, have you? No, I have not. Okay, so this is created created by Mike White. HBO Max is is where you find it. They're through three episodes as as we record this. And uh, it's not as experimental as your stuff, Eric, but there is something different about this show. I'm just going to play a little bit of the trailer. It's, it's about just a bunch of different people that converge on this, this tropical resort and how their stories intertwine. And in advance, I apologize for the uh, language in this clip, but here's a little bit of the trailer for The White Lotus. The goal is to disappear behind our masks as pleasant, interchangeable helpers. It's tropical kabuki. Aloha. A happy beer. We're on our honeymoon. You're such valued guests. Welcome to the White Lotus. Are they bigger? Nicole, they're fucking huge. I haven't seen them in a while. It's cancer. Swole balls. Did they biopsy your balls, Doc? Not yet. Surprise! Mom! Am I interrupting? I know it's only your honeymoon. Oh my God, look at her face. Rachel, you were such a beautiful bride, but also very pale. But now you have a little more color and it looks great. Thanks. You are so talented. Oh. Do you really know what you're doing? 
You think you could have dinner with me at the hotel tonight? I, I get off at 7? Yeah, that's good. I mean, like a couple minutes after 7 at the, at the restaurant. Sounds great. So that's just a little taste of the White Lotus. It's I can say this. It's it's a weird show. I'm not sure if I love it or am unimpressed by it. You might have heard a couple of familiar actors and actresses in there. Steve Zahn, who's just a terrific comedic actor who I remember him from That Thing You Do. He was kind of, was kind of his breakup performance. Jennifer Coolidge is in there. Most people know her as Stifler's mom, but she's from Boston, by the way, and just great in everything she does. And uh, Molly Shannon crops up there as the mom of the dude who is uh, on his honeymoon. Anyway, point is, I, rec- I do recommend the show because it's so far, it, there's a lot of tension uh, building in the air and you don't necessarily know where it's going, which is just kind of strange. And so the White Lotus, HBO Max, would you, would you try that, Eric? Would that be something you might be into? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it, it looks interesting. It's I also love um, those sort of quirky character dynamics. Like, I'm also, I do love a lot of comedies, like like Arrested Development is one of my favorites. Sure. Um, yep. and you'll, you'll find you'll find elements of that in my film as well. There's oh, a, cool. There's probably definitely a bit of um, tension, but I also love having those comedic beats, too. So, like, I like to relieve that tension at moments. And- yeah, and, and there's, there's a lot of that in the show. You, 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 you pegged it. it. There's a lot of just kind of awkwardness and pregnant pauses and other just kind of funny moments, but there's something like simmering under the surface of the show and it hasn't been revealed to the viewer yet. Anyway, I do recommend it. I give it a thumbs up, but I could change my mind in future episodes. So stay tuned to the Boston podcast. Um, we're uh, out of time, but Eric, I hope you had a good time on the Boston podcast. Yes, thank you very much for hosting me, David. You got it, my friend. And the website, once again, is thechronicadventurestory.com. Please support Eric. And will you return to the show to update us on the film in the future? Yes, I hope so. All right. um, especially if you're, if you're looking to host me, then I'll be there. All right. I'll, I'm going to consider opening my wallet and, and contributing to the movie if I get a cameo in it. We'll talk afterwards. We'll talk afterwards. Yeah, yeah, okay. we can talk about that. <laughs> okay. I'll consider it. <laughs> See how I put him on the spot. That's mean. Anyway, thank you for listening to the Boston Podcast. Thanks to our sponsor once again, the all-inclusive podcast with Jay Ruderman. Find that anywhere you find your pods. If you'd like your own podcast, go to pod617.com to get started. On behalf of Eric Berquist, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. Thanks.